What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. This has been the biggest nightmare of an episode yet. You guys are in for a chaotic treat of an episode. Let me tell you what happened. I've been going out to my car 11 p.m. to try and record these episodes. Why do I wait till 11 p.m.? Because otherwise people, they're walking around the block. They're going in circles. They're, they're, they're trying to get some fresh air. And then I'm sitting in my car screaming about my support for Black Lives Matter. And they start getting a little bit weird because they see how animated I am and they, they think, oh my God, we've got a lunatic in the neighborhood who's sitting in his car at 10.30 p.m. yelling about how these issues are important. And, uh, you know, you only want to make people in your neighborhood so concerned. So I've been progressively waiting till later and later hours to go out to the car and the reason I like doing it from the car is when I do this show, I like to hoot and holler. I'm a, I'm a loud individual. I understand that I can be a loud individual, and it's more pleasant if I can just let the freak flag fly. If I can just be as loud as I want to be, make run my mouth. You know, you, you don't want to walk your mouth. That's not what we're trying to do here. You don't want to try and whisper your mouth. We're trying to fucking hoot and holler. Get the word out there, and uh, it's not that easy to do when you're in your parents' house. So anyways... I was out in the car. Uh, I waited all the way till 11 p.m. to get out there. I had calls lined up. I'm sitting in the car. I'm doing it. And, you know, you got joggers. They're still out there jogging. It's 11 p.m. Can't I just have the neighborhood to myself past 11 p.m.? Why, you had a whole day. You could have been jogging around the neighborhood. I feel like I can claim my neighborhood street past 11 p.m. There's no reason to be jogging anymore. I'm not saying government should come around and make some sort of a curfew for the street, that the only purpose or reason that you can be out there is if you're going to record and broadcast from your car. That's not what I'm saying. That would be weird. That would be a weird rule that would really only accommodate me. And so it might be a nice rule. I might appreciate that rule, but I'm not going to advocate that everyone else should be forced to not be able to be on the street at 11 p.m. So anyways, I'm out there. I'm recording in the car kind of starting to get real hot, starting to get real uncomfortable, starting to see the same jogger over and over who almost, as far as he's concerned, it sounds like I'm broadcasting his jogging, jogging circles. Uh, so I decide to take a break and I get out of my car and my dad's just sitting on the porch watching me. I mean, I've clearly gone out of the house at 11 p.m. so that I could yell in, in peace so that I can scream into the car alone and not be judged, not just be watched from the porch. But what am I going to do? Yell at a man for sitting on his own porch? That doesn't seem fair. I'm eating, I'm living out of his house, eating his food, being a 32 year old failure. And I'm going to yell at him like it's his fault and that he's not allowed to sit on his porch. So that was the first iteration of trying to record this episode. Then I decided I went into my apartment to clear it out in part Saturday night. I basically showed up and just decided I didn't want to deal with it. And then I realized that I had left some uh, some weed there. And I haven't smoked actual weed in a while. I've smoked plenty of vape pen, but I haven't smoked any weed. So I basically just smoked weed and got nothing done. The first hour that I got into my apartment, I took a pile. Like I showed up and I was actually surprised by how reasonably not messy I left it. And then I was trying to figure out how to like start moving stuff. And I basically just managed to turn the room into a mess. I walked into a clean room and then you also, I don't want to throw things out. I don't want to organize it. I'd like to just be able to hire a company that could just transport my mess from one place to another, which I think might come up again later in the episode. My idea for a moving company just called transport my mess. Uh, but anyways, so I had, I decided I was going to record the episode for my apartment Saturday night. I was like, no big deal. I'll go to my apartment. I'll be comfortable there. I can record. But then Queens was like eerily fucking quiet. It was like weirdly quiet. And then I also remembered when I used to record from my apartment, you could very clearly hear me 
in the stairwell. My building is basically, uh, it's two floors. I mean, it's two units on every floor, and you can hear everything in the building. I mean, if someone's having a conversation in the hallway, it just you hear it like it's in your apartment. And those people have definitely heard my thoughts on the Fed. They've heard my thoughts on everything. The worst was when I used to record Rob's newsroom out of the closet, I'd be yelling the same takes over and over. I don't know what those people thought was going on from their apartments, but they were all sweet enough. They never said anything to me. But anyways... I get back to my apartment, and the other thing is, when I showed up to my apartment and I got into the place, I, I, my, it wasn't like, oh, it's nice to be back here. It was, how did I live here for as long as I did? How did I live in these cramped quarters with all of this other guy's stuff? How did I do it? So I wasn't really having good vibes. Anyways, I had great guests. They called in. Um, I don't know that it was the best circumstances, but I realized I didn't want to record my section, you know, what was left to record of this. So then the other night I decided to just go for a drive and I was having fun. I was just zigzagging up and down these northeast roads. You know, I I, I like riding my bike um in 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 Stanford, Connecticut, which is uh where my parents live. But those same North Stanford roads are fucking fun in a car. I haven't really joy drived in in a shitty Subaru since I was in high school when we first got cars and we're just kind of speeding around on these roads. I got lost in some private neighborhood and it was so private and nice. They had like those little gates. That was fun to kind of dodge the gates. And then I got back to my house and I had an hour, which I don't know that I had a lot of fun doing it. I don't know how, uh, coherent it was as I was frequently getting off topic and then getting lost on streets. Uh, but anyways, I got back to my apartment, I mean, my parents' house, and realized that I didn't have the entire episode. I just recorded it on the wrong track. So now we're here. It's uh, three weeks since the last episode came out, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to put out a slop house for you guys. This is going to be an out-of-order slop house. On the back half, you've got two calls um, from interesting guests. One guy really rattled because he's living within Chaz. Um, he wasn't a part of that movement. Hostile takeover, his apartment was there. And you can hear the anxiety on his voice. You can hear that this is a disturbed individual who otherwise, you know, perfectly, he used to be a fucking librarian. This guy was a civil librarian. And then they moved into the area. It's like living in a war zone. You'll hear it in his voice. Chaotic man being pushed to the, pushed to the edge. Uh, and then we have another guy from Seattle, uh, who's out there just doing comedy from a pickup truck in people's yards, which God bless. I'm hoping, oh, I'm throw, I'm floating this idea out there. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. I'm in a new apartment in July and I'm going to hit the road. Davey Smith even said he might be interested in this. I know BK Christ is interested in this. Email me, Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. Email me your city. And if you're interested in hosting or attending a comedy show, I think I've got a winning business model here. I'm going to buy a PA speaker, show up to people's houses, try and do 20 people shows, 40 minutes only. So if you're hosting, no one's using your bathroom. No one's hanging out. It's none of that. You show up. We do a 40 minute show. You bring your long chair. You bring your own beers. Everyone gets the fuck out of there. So as much as I'd love to hang out with you people, eat your brisket sandwiches, look at your wife's titties. I'd love to do all those things, but I get it. You know, it's coronavirus times. People are somewhat nervous and I don't know how much you guys care. I know I'm not wearing a face mask. Everyone keeps saying like, it's no big deal. Just wear a fucking face mask. I just feel my own breath and I don't brush my teeth that often. You know how stinky it is just having wet your own wet breath in front of your fucking nose. I hate it. I'm not going anywhere where I got to wear a mask. It's like maybe okay for about three minutes. And then by the way, I was just kidding about brushing my teeth. I'm real good about brushing and flossing. So, you know, for all the shit I give myself, I got pretty good dental hygiene. Sometimes, not always. I'm not great about brushing my teeth before I go to sleep, but I brush it a lot during the day. And I mostly don't brush it before I go to sleep because like I like going to bed with alcohol. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I get is sick, but it's like, I don't want minty breath because I want to be able to sip on my rye, which I put next to my bed while I go to bed. Maybe that's something I should correct and not say out loud. Uh, but anyways, overall, pretty decent uh, dental hygiene. And I don't remember what I was trying to get at. Oh, yeah. Hit me up. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I want to start doing comedy shows from people's backyards. As long as it's a reasonable drive, I'm thinking 20 people uh, will make it free, suggested donation, maybe five or 10 bucks, try and cover costs if like we end up in places that we got uh, we need to do a hotel room. But it'll either be me, BK Chris, maybe if Dave wants to do it, we'll, we can promote it on uh, part of the prom and see what we can line up. But I'm serious. As a part of Summer Porch Tour, I need to get back to doing stand-up. I don't know what's going on with New York City clubs. I want to start working on some new material. I got some new shit. So maybe we could just fucking do it from wherever the fuck your backyard is. Uh, you got to look at it this way. You, you probably live with a girlfriend. You each probably have three friends. I probably have one or two other fans in your city. They can show up with three friends. We could have a fun evening and a private backdoor comedy show. And if the host is willing to let it be more of a hang, if it's capped to 20 people, I'm game for more of a hang. I just don't want to impose on who's ever hosting it. So I'm figuring the model will be like 40, 45 minutes. Everyone's got to get the fuck out of there. That way you don't have to worry about people loitering around your house and uh, you can feel comfortable hosting it. All right. Anyway, so let's get into a couple news topics and uh, I do have more news topics coming after these news topics because this is going to be an out of uh, an out of order episode, which was actually on purpose. I'm more like a Quentin Tarantino kind of guy, you know. I actually filmed, I actually recorded this podcast in order, then I went back and post and re-snipped and snipped around and put it back out of order to make it interesting because you know people, uh, you got a lot of time on your hands. You, you want a little puzzle. You want something that you could piece together in your head and spend a day later and realize what was supposed to be the order of the thing. Um, first thing is, you know, you got more of these sexual assault claims coming out and someone even made an assault claim against, uh, Justin Bieber. And that's when you just know, like, we've taken this too far. No one in the history of the world has ever turned down sex with Justin Bieber. I, I, I wouldn't, it, it, it hasn't happened. Or if it did, he's the one guy when he pulls the Charlie Rose move and he just busts out that little Bieber dick. Not little. It's definitely bigger than mine. Like pretty medium, but it's like silky smooth. It's got a glow. He's got neatly trimmed pubic hairs. He's got those tattoos around it for a little bit of juxtaposing colors. It's almost like looking at a beautiful garden. You're telling me some little lady took a look at that little Bieber dick and didn't instantly like feel compelled. Like, all right, I guess that's it. We're having sex now. That's like, uh, I don't believe it for one second. Anyways, got a lot of these sexual assault claims going on. I'm not here to defend anybody. I will say you, you look at uh, all the claims against uh, Chris Diella and I just, uh, Diella, Deli, Deli, the Deli man? I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce his name. Uh, but I realized like I'm just lucky that I'm not tall, handsome, or successful because I've never had the opportunity to even be a creep towards people. I, I, I'm just so fortunate because I, I, I could see, all right, on the kid's side, if that shit's true, like that, that's just a no. On the adult side, uh, you know, he's kind of being aggressive. And uh, I, I'm not here to support some comic I don't even know. I don't need to, I don't need to throw my name out there as being the guy who uh, supports sexual assault. That's not what I'm here for. I'm trying to broadcast from a car. Um in my neighborhood, and, you know, okay, anyways, I do have a thought experiment for you, and don't do creepy shit towards women, or if you're a chick, don't let people do creepy shit towards you, is that a reasonable policy or something I need even to 
say out loud, I don't know, we live in strange times and there's a lot of yelling on social media that you got to get up and state your allegiances, which is crazy. I think there's some dignity in shutting the fuck up. There's some dignity in like, hey, I don't know, there's supposed to be a court system for illegal behavior and shouting in the public square and I don't really know what happened and so why is it that if I'm not going to stand up and say, hey, I'm the judge of this case and I know that what that guy did was absolutely wrong and everyone should hate him absolutely and end his career and if you don't do that, it's like there's going to be a a new thing every week. You're going to have to get up in the public square and you know make your statement of allegiances and it's not going to be a statement of allegiance in the language that you would feel comfortable with. Like, you're not going to be able to get up in a public square and go, I believe all lives matter. No, it, it's going to have to be, I believe black lives matter. It's always going to be with some sort of an element where it feels like there's some kind of an intrusive idea or something that you don't totally agree with. But if you don't, if you won't pledge allegiance on their terms, then, you know, you're the enemy. It's not even that you can agree with 95% or what their message is or want to support their cause. They got to put it in some sort of a wording where it just feels like, that. I don't know, there's some sort of an agenda here or there's some element of that somebody wants to stand on top of me. I don't even like what being told what to do. You know, my mom could make a totally reasonable request and I take my own garbage out of the house and just the fact that, like, I know she's right, but she told me what to do. I don't like being told what to do. Anyways... Uh, we can look forward to that in the future with the, the, the public squares of allegiances where you got to get up and, uh, you know, single individuals tell us exactly what we can do to prove that we're on the right side and they get to define it and we've got to play by exactly their terms. Anyways, here's just a little bit of a thought experiment when it comes to these uh, sexual assault cases that I was thinking about. Imagine you're uh, touring. Let's go with musicians because everyone, you know, comics, I get we seem a little bit creepier, uh, but musicians, they probably got like an overall better vibe to them. So let's say you're a touring musician and do 150 dates a year, 150 live shows, thousand seaters. And of those 150 live shows a year, you have sex on 100 100 of those nights. So like 66% of the time after a live show, you're getting laid. And it's not even that hard to thing to do because you, you're pretty famous. Every show you do, there's a thousand people coming out specifically to see you, uh, and they're, they're thrilled. But most of these women, it like they the fact that they got to have sex with this musician, it, it made their lives. There's gonna be some old lady who ended up getting married in a church to some guy for her whole life, but then when she's 76 and they're swapping stories in the old age home and someone talks about the amazing sex she had with uh, the boyfriend in high school, this lady pops her dentures back into their mouth just to tell her about the time she sucked a rock star's dick. She's been living that as the night that she lived for her whole life. Anyway, so let's go back to we don't have to talk about filthy old ladies and their sexual habits when they were, uh, you know, still attractive. I don't know where I'm going with that one. Anyways, you got this rock star plays 150 shows a year. Um, and he gets laid a hundred, a hundred nights a year, hundred nights a year. He gets laid. Uh, and let's just say of the hundred nights that he gets laid, uh, there's one bad experience. And by bad experience, he doesn't rape anyone. He doesn't do anything super creepy. He's just used to women being like super, super game. And so he was a little bit too aggressive hitting on someone. They felt a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe they ended up back in the room. He whipped it out. She said no and left. We don't have to get into the specifics of this fictional, this fictional, uh, case study here, but let's just say, let's, let's recap the scenario. So everyone's with me here. Musician does 150 dates a year. 
has sex a hundred nights of those years, different cities. Ninety nine of those women he made their life. He gave them good dicking. He played them private tunes in the bedroom. Maybe he cuddled with them. Maybe he held their hair. Maybe he was aggressive. Maybe he spanked them. I don't know what this guy's sexual habits are, but he made those women really happy. And on one night of the year, so he actually only got laid ninety nine times because the one time he didn't get laid, he had an awkward experience. Lady came back to the room and said, "How dare you? I'm a Christian lady, and I thought we were in love, and I thought that uh, this was going to be the moment." when I met the husband and I know that you do all these dates, but I thought we were meant to be together and this is uncomfortable. I don't think she's that insane about it, but let's just leave it at guy does 150 dates a year <laughs> on a hundred of those nights. He gets laid on 99 of those nights. He gets laid. And then every, uh, for every hundred people he sleeps with for every 99 people he sleeps with, or for every hundred people he suggests he sleeps with, you get one pissed off lady. Now let's say, that this guy does that over the course of a decade. So for 10 years, he goes out every single, uh, does 150 dates, gets laid 100 times. So at the end of 10 years, he's uh, had sex with 990 women, and he had 10 women that said no and had awkward experiences with him. Can you imagine that New York Times story about the 10 women that had awkward experiences with him? That's all it takes. That's all it takes to completely end a career and say that there's a trend here of a horrible individual doing horrible, creepy things uh, is a 10-year perspective on a career of tracking down the 10 people that had an uncomfortable experience. Now, I want to recap here. I'm not saying I'm pro-sexual assault. You didn't hear those words. You didn't hear me get on a mic and say, hey, I like sexual assault and I think women should be assaulted. I don't think anyone should be able to do illegal activities. Hell, I'm more inclined at the moment to be a guy who wants to just date and be in a relationship. I, uh, you know, I, I feel like the 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 spontaneous hooking up thing is really just for if you're super drunk. I don't really even like cat like casualness. I don't even need to get that personal. And I certainly have not gone about doing a whole bunch of creepy shit. And now I'm just doing the virtual single thing. I don't care. All I, all I'm trying to say here is that this like straight approach of hey, there's complaints on Twitter, and therefore you got to get up and make statements of allegiance is uh, I don't know that I love that standard. Um, and also, I feel like my rock star story kind of gives a little bit of perspective on how a dude can you know be going out there just giving slinging some good dick to some ladies that are going to be real happy that they're going to look back on their life and that's going to be their highlight. And so should 990 women not be able to sit contently with their dentures out in an old age home because 10 women had to deal with the dude being a little aggressive and saying, no, I'm not here to make these decisions for society. I'm just saying that these are some of the, uh, the factors that you got to look at. All right. Now, before we uh, talk about Black Lives Matter, which I talk about quite a bit in the second half of this episode, uh, but... I'm watch, I, I watched a video today of two people that got, um, you know, had a run in with the cops. And one was this um, black dude who the cops aggressively tackled for no reason. Uh, they, 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 firstly, it turned out they were arresting the wrong guy. They just confused who did and who didn't have a warrant. Also, do you guys watch that video with Jay uh, Farrow when they put, um, you know, they confused him for a different black dude and they just put, like, some of these aggressive tactics, I mean, they clearly just have to go. You, you shouldn't be allowed to ever do these things and just be like, oh, it's my bad. I thought it was a different guy when I aggressively tackled you for no reason. Uh, but 
One of the other videos I saw was this guy pull, got pulled over for speeding, white guy, and the cop basically says, I need you to get out of the car. He goes, why do I have to get out of the car? You're like, you shouldn't have even pulled me over. If you're going to write me a speeding ticket, you can write me a speeding ticket. We can move on with our lives. And he goes, well, I feel the cop says something along the lines of I feel threatened for my sa- uh, for my safety. And I've had that line told to me. I once got pulled over late at night, 12 a.m. I was stoned out of my mind. Um, I was lucky that my other friend had uh, all the weed on him and was no longer in the car. Anyways, cop pulls me over and he goes, hey, it's late at night. There's two of you, one on me. For my own safety, I'd like to pull you out of the car and frisk you. Frisk me, put puts me in the back of his car. Then he gets my friend, tells him the same thing, puts him in the back of the car. We sit there for about 20 minutes while he searches my car top to bottom, doesn't find anything, lets us go. But I know because I've lived this and that that cop said it, that's just one of their lines. They're just able to say, hey, I feel threatened for my safety. And once they announce that, they can go out and do anything. And you know what that is? That's a bitch move. That's what that is. That is like, that is the way of the bitch. That you know that you make a statement that once you make that statement, like, all right, you're allowed to do it, but you're not, you're not being up and up. You're not being a dude. That's not what you're doing. You're not like, you're not playing it straight. You're, you're just playing. And that's the way they're trained. They're trained. Clearly, that's a training thing that if they just make these statements that, you know, uh, you can't really argue in court. It's one person against the other. The only reason that this one looks outrageous, then the cop starts uh, really threatening to um, to pepper spray him. Uh, I think this video might have been posted in the part of the problem inner circle. I think that's where I, where I saw it. So anyways, uh, the guy keeps saying, I need to pull you out of the car. Uh, hey, if I say you got to pull out of the car, you got to be compliant with me. And firstly, I don't even know what the laws are to what extent, like if, if you're like my sister and you get pulled over by a cop late at night on the side of the road, are you as my sister allowed to be like, hey, I don't feel comfortable getting out of the car. I think you're allowed to ask a cop to see his badge kind of situation. But to what extent are you allowed to say, well, I, I feel like you're just going to beat the shit out of me without, you know, without a reason to do it. So, no, I don't feel like stepping out of my car. And then the guy keeps trying to turn off the video. Very clear if the video wasn't there, this guy would have just been pulled out of a car and tased. Uh, but anyways, the starting point on this is the cop going, I. Uh, there's something up with you. And so I got to pull you out of the car to make sure that I'm safe, which is bullshit. It's not true, but you understand that he can go to court and say, I told the guy I was afraid for my safety. And then what, 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 like, if you don't have visual evidence, so I guess the cop was afraid for his safety and they're clearly trained to do this. I once got pulled over for, um, recently in, uh, in Denver and they wanted to give me like a DUI test. And that shit's crazy because they go, uh, I want you to understand that this is entirely voluntary. Uh, so are you willing to take a play, part in this voluntary test? Well, if it's totally voluntary, no. I guess I volunteer to get back in my car and drive home. <laughs> I think that's what I'd like to volunteer for. And then they go, well, if you do that, I'm going to have to have a talk with my superior. All right, well, what comes out of that? And like, they don't give you the information. These people are, I just read that, um, this book never split the difference, which I got to be honest has not helped me close a single deal. I think that that guy's negotiation advice might not be all that helpful or useful, but we don't have to debate sales tactics right now. And I'm honestly not that much of a sales expert. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that these guys clearly have training and their fucking training is manipulative, bitchy bullshit. 
that a cop can pull you over and because he doesn't like what you're doing can make ridiculous claims like, I'm afraid for my safety. I know I'm a trained officer. I'm double your size. I have a gun in my holster and a radio attached to me that nine other cops can show up here in under 30 seconds and you're a puny little bitch, dude. But I'm afraid for my, like, you you know what I mean? That, That should almost be that guy should be laughed in court. You should be able to pull him in, size up the two of them, and then the jury should just be able to laugh at that cop. Hey, man, you're a bitch. You were afraid of this guy for your safety? Why? Why? Well, can you explain? Maybe he shouldn't be a cop anymore. I mean, if this guy driving a car um, was pulled over and with no weapon and buckled into a seat was was making you afraid for your life, I think possibly you shouldn't be a cop anymore. That really sounds so... But I almost think we need like training classes because I saw it for the from the the that dude who got slammed without the warrant. He was also he was being compliant. He was like, "Hey, why are why are you guys harassing me?" Guy comes around from behind, so he doesn't see him, and he doesn't like try and say, "Hey, you're now under arrest. I'm going to cuff you." He doesn't even try and grab. He just tries to like grab his arms from behind. So instinctively, anyone's going to kind of jerk themselves and they, "Oh, you're you're resisting arrest." Firstly. We need like education classes as civilians for what exactly is the power of the cops. The same way they somewhat you get a little bit of education about the fact that you have uh, you have the right to remain silent and that they need a warrant in order to search you. Like we need better almost negotiating cl- classes about here. Like it, it's a fucking chess game. This is part of the interesting thing about sales. These cops they pull people over all the time. They have the same conversation over and over and over, and so it's like a chessboard. They can see a couple uh, moves, like um, they can see a couple moves ahead, and so they can like, you know what I mean? Like they know the fucking protocol. They know here's how I set up my pawn here so that I can checkmate you later. I, I can say early on, hey, I feel threatened by your presence, and then later on I can pull you out of the car and throw you to the ground. So we need classes as civilians for hey. Every time cops get pulled over, they're going to say this line and you have to respond with this. It's like a sales call. They're going to say this. You're going to say this. They're going to say, hey, I need to search you because I feel threatened for my ego. Okay, officer. In no way do I want to, uh, I have no intention of um, harming you in any way. Uh, I feel threatened by you as you seem to be making ridiculous statements that are not true in fact. How can we address this? Now, that's too wordy. We probably, I didn't really give this that much thought. We'd probably have to get it down to about four lines. But like, we need classes in hey, here's the police training, here's their script, here's exactly what they're going to say, and here's how you have to respond and record yourself so that. You know, when it goes to court, they can be made very clear that this guy was acting out of line. Uh, and aside from that, I remember reading, I think it was Charles Murray's book, uh, and he was talking about the Madisonian Fund, which was basically an insurance policy by which uh, businesses could get together paying to insurance funds so that if, like, EPA or any other legislation came after them, people could actually afford to litigate against the government, and then it would actually become too expensive for the government to. Uh, pursue claims against businesses. I don't know that that was exactly what it was. I almost feel like we need the same thing now for getting pulled over by the cops. Like we need protocol. Hey, you record yourself. Here's the script, and then you you, you call you call the fucking lawyer, and the lawyer is going to be there. And I also think as we kind of are going to segue into the Black Lives Matter things, 
I would stand for if someone said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, this is like a private civilian fund, and we want to be able to extend this service to people that can't afford it." And so, it, you know, you got to pay a premium, or you got to make blank contributions so that we can make this service available to everybody. But I'm sure, like, we need some sort of maybe. I, maybe I'll track down Mark DeMeo or another cop. But like, we need to know. Okay, what are the exact lines that these guys say so that they can set themselves up to abuse their authority and pretend like, oh, I'm the victim here. I'm the armed officer and I, I don't feel safe. I feel I feel really threatened by you who I just pulled over. You were minding your business driving about the speed limit or maybe more, but uh, I feel I'm really scared here. I'm really, really scared and I know I'm trained with this gun, but man, man, is this scary. <laughs> All right. And then, like I said, second half of the episode, a whole bunch of topics. The uh, Black Lives Matter thing kind of got cut off uh, and... I'm just going to give the short of where I was going with it. There's something about like, you know, when you're being persuasive, you want to kind of frame things in a way that people accept, like will accept it. So if your cause is, hey, I want to end violence towards like people, you want to frame it in a way that like everyone can agree with, you know, so maybe you say, maybe you focus on the laws. Like, I don't think, uh cops should ever be able to do anything when they're not being recorded, or I don't think they should ever be able to put a knee on someone, or I think that there should be some sort of a protocol before they're able to initiate force, or maybe we could say, hey, I don't think officers should be walking around with guns all the time. I feel like it should be something that's, like, how often do you think something like a crime is prevented because a cop had a gun? Like, in other words, if there's like shots fired and you're going to that kind of a thing, maybe maybe like guns should be locked into cops trunks and you know if they're going on a something that they think they need them they can just sign them out beforehand or if they show up to a scene realize they need them they call in and get it like unlocked i feel like i've seen things similar to that in movies and it never works out where they have to get permission for their gun to be able to be used and then it always ends up in a situation where uh you know something flakes and they can't end up using it uh but what was the point I was trying to make? Oh, yeah. The fact that they're kind of putting it in, hey, it's got to be under my terms, and it's this uninclusive label, and it seems like it's the same mob of people that would be coming for my job or don't like the PC comedy and just feels like it has the socialist agenda. Uh, they put you in this tough spot where you agree with most of what they're saying, and you agree 100% that cops shouldn't be able to do that to anybody, and yet they put it into a framework where it feels like they're standing above you, and so it's a little bit hard to get behind the movement. It's a little bit like I was saying, maybe that's just me being cunty, where it's like my mom telling me to clean my room, but there just feels like there's some sort of an element. I think, I don't know if I got to this later in the episode, but like, if you were to tell me, you know, Yemen lives matter... I'm a little bit more reluctant to support that than, hey, let's end the famine in Yemen. It's like, end the famine in Yemen, it's a pretty clear agenda. I can get behind that. The other one, I'm like, eh, it feels like there's an agenda here or something that you're trying to get past me. Anyways, let's recap what's going on here. You got a full episode of uh, Run Your Mouth after this. It's going to start fresh from what the original beginning of this thing was. Then it's going to just cut out at some point. I'm going to be in the middle of talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm going to tire myself out because the car was so hot. And then I'm going to stop talking. It's just going to end abruptly. And then even though you weren't there, you can know that I saw that my dad was on the porch and then I was the maddest that I've been since I've gone home. But I couldn't yell or do anything because it's the man's porch. It's his house. I can't yell at him not to be on his porch. And then you've got two random call-ins, which are fun. 
which uh, took place in my apartment, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna intro them. I, I think in fact I forgot to press the record button at the right time, so they're just gonna start mid conversation. And I hope that you guys enjoy all of this. And if you don't, you know, I don't don't leave me. Come back next week. We're gonna be back to normal programming. I actually think we're gonna have a double this week because I got a guy who's gonna give us some financial wisdom. You know, we could all use some financial wisdom, and I think that this guy is going to be insightful, mostly because usually when people hit me up on Twitter and I bring them on the show, more often than not, they've been pretty cool. I don't know that that's the best standard for production, but that's the way we're doing it, and it's been working for now. So anyways, enjoy the rest of this episode. I hope to be out of my parents' house soon, and I, you know what? I, I hope that there's just peace in the world and that they start giving out free gold so that we all have money. As long as there's wishful thinking, I hope that you all get laid in a consensual way where no one can make sexual assault or claims against you later, and that if it's not the person you want to marry, they kind of peacefully go their own way because they get the message and they don't drag it on, they don't make it uncomfortable. Um, but I hope that, or if you're a lady, I hope that you find the dick you're looking for. I, and if you want it to be a relationship, I hope that it becomes a relationship. What blessings do you guys want? Email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'm giving out blessings. That's what I'm doing now. I'm trying to bless you that you live your best lives and that there's no violence, that everybody gets along, and that nothing bad ever happens to everybody because that's what I stand for. If we start doing allegiances from the park where you got to stand up and say your allegiance, that's what I want. No harm, no harm to anybody ever and for everything to be perfect all the time. And that there there shouldn't be ever an issue of nuance in which you would have to take a side because everything's gonna be perfect. Um, what was I what was I trying to say though? Oh yeah, it this is the slop house of the episode. That's what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. You know, it, it's Corona times. Cut me cut me some slack, and then uh, I got a second episode coming out this week, and then like a week or two from now, I'll be out of my parents' house, and hopefully, I'll I'll uh, I'm I'm investing in a new studio. Well, I'm not, but I'm I'll start raising funds for it so that we can be weekly. I don't really want your money right now. You guys probably need it. You need kids. I hope you all have your jobs. And uh, all right, it's enough rambling. Here's the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast, and welcome to the birth of a new nation. These are strange times we're living in, and we've got some big issues to discuss. The first one I'd like to get into is, why do people mow their lawns so early? Grass isn't going anywhere. It's not the financial markets. The Mexican guy doesn't need to be out of his long grass position by 11 a.m. That's not a thing. I, I fucking hate suburb living. I mean, I hate New York City, too. But I've got five neighbors, and they seem to switch off every day of the week. Who wants to wake me up at 7 a.m. cutting the grass? I got no reason to be up at 7 a.m. Well, you, you, no one's got to go to work. How much How much grass does this guy got to fucking mow? And then wh- wh- why can't they just do it all on Mondays? If everyone did it on Mondays at 7 a.m., then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I could be waking up at like 3 p.m., but no. So, and that's the episode, everybody. Really, that's all I wanted to talk about was the... Uh, grass mowing problem I'm having in my neighborhood. First news story is uh, apparently, as they keep trying to find new cures for uh, coronavirus, one of the things that they've discovered is making a difference for people is some steroid. It's called dexamethasone or something. I don't know. Who, who the fuck can even pronounce these scientific words? That's why scientists keep getting things wrong. They spend too much time coming up with these elaborate words, and then they got to spend all this time rehearsing how to say the words. Maybe just start giving the things numbers or something. No, I guess you'd run out of numbers and then you have to memorize the numbers. Anyways, there's dexamethasone, which is a steroid. And apparently uh, when people are getting real bad with the coronavirus, they can take the steroid. They start feeling better. They start recovering better. Why don't we just all take fucking steroids all the time? 
Can someone please explain to me why we aren't just Jack hunting deer, a whole society of people that look like Joe Rogan? Why can't we live that way? It seems like you got to be really rich, and if you're really rich, you get steroids, and then you can just look pretty okay forever. Like, Stallone still looks pretty good, and he's like 80-whatever, and he always muttered his words, so it's just a matter of whether or not he can keep up the, the jacked physique. And then the other thing is, you know, cigarettes help for coronavirus, too. They're finding out nicotine and steroids. We should have been living like 80s action figures this whole time. Just steroids, cigarettes, no coronavirus. That's the way to avoid it. In other news, uh, you know, India and China, they're kind of like uh, nuclear powers that hate each other or something. They got some shared border. It's hard to follow these topics. You know, you get so distracted by how much black people matter and all the protests that are going on. It's hard to really sit down and try and evaluate whether or not India is going to go. Like, who cares? It's on the other side of the world. I mean, if these two people blast each other, are we going to end up with the radiation over here? Maybe that could help us out. Maybe India can take out China. China, do we have any problems with India? I don't think we got any problems with India. I think we probably still owe China money and they're building the Silk Road and trying to, you know, have their own currency and they take jobs because we buy everything from there for cheaper than we can manufacture from here. So I, I don't know, maybe it would be good. But anyways, uh, apparently, uh, cause it's hard to follow the details of this story, but there's like this icy mountain in between the two countries. And then these people, you know, the Indians and the Chinese people, they climb to the top of the mountain and then they fist fight each other to death. And how is that not on TV? Especially with sports not going on, why aren't we watching the, these people, the, the, the toughest of all of India, the toughest of all of China, going out, climbing up these icy mountains? I don't know if they're using ropes. I hope they're not using ropes. That's, but I hope they're on steroids, smoking cigarettes, free climbing, getting to the top, and then beating the shit out of each other. That's what they should be doing instead of these UFC fights, the icy mountain beat the shit. And by the way, I know there was actually a death in one of these recent things, which is what makes it so interesting. These are high stakes. These aren't, there's no referee in the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, you guys, a hundred years, you've been climbing up these mountains and fist fighting each other. And all of a sudden the other side shows up with bats, with barbed wire. That's like season two that, you know, it took it. That's like uh, the walking dead. Well, that's kind of when it turned shitty was when they showed up with the Negan bat. Anyways, until sports are uh, back, let's get some uh, some some border footage of what's going on on the top of these icy mountains. Another crazy thing that went on in China is uh, coronavirus is coming back. Not only is it coming back, but they found out in some uh, they're, they're saying that in one of these wet markets, uh, the fish, a salmon, they they tracked a salmon that was all filled up with coronavirus. And I saw that I was just like, China, what are you up to now? What is there another corona thing coming? Did you leak another virus? Is this one finally going away? And now you bought another virus off the black market that you're trying to like, I swear to God, Godzilla could show up because they built the thing and they'd be like, I don't know, people in markets, they eat lizards and this lizard got angry and then got really big and now it's here. And so, you know, it's the, it's the wet market people. That's the reason why there's the giant oversized lizard that wants to kill people. It's not because of the uh, nuclear tests we've been doing or the other research projects we've been doing in our lab for giant lizards. Don't look at our giant lizard lab for creating giant lizards. It had nothing to do with that. All right. Uh, in other news of, you know, governments fucking up, uh, the PGE, I don't know what that's called, but the, um, 
you know, the people that had the monopoly on energy in California, they had to plead guilty to manslaughter because remember that giant uh, forest fire the other year? Uh, so basically, you know, they tried to blame it on some idiots at a campfire. They went, some idiots at a campfire, they made their campfire and it got out of control and it wasn't that. It was some faulty wiring because they weren't really keeping up their boxes or something. I didn't read the full article. Who reads full articles anymore? I'm out here protesting. I'm trying to hit the streets and let people know my thoughts about what's going on in the world. I don't have time to be reading full articles anymore, but... I see the article and like, it just makes me so happy that I have a job that I can only fuck up so much. Like I had a limited amount of time that I worked on a, uh, I mean, I didn't, I, I entered at like a financial firm and I remember every once in a while I needed to do the price, no losses. I don't even know if that's what the thing's called, but basically when they, you know, rectify the numbers at the end of the day, make sure that everything's squared away. And I always fucked it up because I'm, I'm a spaz. And if you're a spaz, you want a job where you can't mess up anything that's important. And that's what the beauty of capitalism is supposed to be, that the people who are actually going to show up every day and get their work done, like there's unique people in this world that aren't fuck-ups, that will do the work that needs to get done, will actually be organized, and so they accumulate capital, and they're better at predicting where it should go, and so they get more and more, and everybody wins because these people that accumulate capital are good at allocating it. And it's like this wonderful spiritual system where people that are good at doing something are allowed to do more of it. That's it. That's like capitalism at its core. Let people that are good at doing something do more of it. But when government comes in and it gives monopolies or it just props up random individuals, it props up the people that aren't necessarily going to actually work. Like when I used to, I used to love watching, uh, um, I went on an internet binge at one point of Gordon Ramsay's show, Hotel, um, Hotel Hell or Kitchen Mishaps or whatever the fuck it was, Kitchen Nightmares, and then it became the hotel show. And I found the hotel show to be more interesting because he goes to these places and they're failing businesses and they're failing businesses because they're run by a person like me. Of course they're failing. It's a dude who, who, yeah, he's stressed out of his mind because he doesn't want to work. He's stupid and lazy. That's part of the thing that they don't tell you about um, anxiety. Sometimes you have anxiety because you're lazy. You don't want to work. And all of a sudden you're at a job. And guess what happens when you're at a job? You have to work. And so that causes anxiety because you don't want to fucking work because you're naturally lazy. Same thing happens with stupid people. I'm telling you, stupid people, yeah, you're anxious or yeah, you're depressed because you're fucking stupid and you can't handle your job. And when you can't handle your job, it's really fucking depressing. But then that's not the way the shrinks tell you. The shrinks go, oh, you're depressed. Well, you can treat him all you want. He's still going to be a fucking dumbass when he shows up on Monday. He's going to ruin things for his office. He's going to be anxious because he's feeling like he's going to get fired. Maybe this is too personal to me. Or maybe you know the exact person that I'm describing. Or you are that person. Uh, but the point is, there's some people that are winners because... They're like actually organized and willing to do shit and they're not compulsive idiots. And I'm not one of these people. Maybe you are. And God bless you if you are. But like you watch those shows and right away you can just go, yeah, like this guy's business is failing because he shouldn't be running a business. You can give him a speech. You can yell at him. You can throw some money at this business. It's going to be failing in a year because this is a guy when the when when the bathroom toilet is leaking he's just not gonna fix it he's just gonna go fuck it i'll fix it next week and it's just gonna drip it's gonna drip it's gonna drip and then gordon ramsay's gonna come back a year later and go why the fuck is there mold all over this fucking bathroom do you know he he yells more profoundly and more british but that's the biggest problem with uh when when you don't let people who are good at their job just take on more responsibility grow 
and continue to grow and do more of what they're good at. You, you all of a sudden you prop up uh, one for like, you know, idiots that shouldn't really be in charge of this stuff. And of course there's going to be screw ups and that's how you end up with massive fires. All right. Next is they're taking Aunt Jemima. Um, she's going away. Quaker Oats, they're getting rid of Aunt Jemima. They're also changing of cream of wheat to cream of go fuck yourself. Um, how is Aunt Jemima friendly face and delicious syrup racist? Like, who, how is this not a win for black people? I don't get, well, apparently she, it used to be a racist icon or something. Like I said, I'm done reading full articles. Put it in the headline. If it's not in the headline, I don't care. (laughs) And then there's also, uh, outrage over Uncle's Ben's ready race, because, uh, what do you what do you mean ready? What's that supposed to mean? What black people only like things if they're already ready? You're saying they're they're too impatient for not ready rice? Is that what you're trying to say, Uncle Ben? And that brings us to Black Lives Matter. The one thing that finally got people out of their homes. Everybody's staying in their homes. They're all afraid. They're thinking, hey, this coronavirus, it's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill my entire family. But then a social cause came around that got everyone to uh, get out of their houses, to get out there, to protest. And there are parts of it that I I I truly understand. This is the this is the part that I want to kind of relate to everybody that I I am truly empathetic, sympathetic. One of the words that ends with etic, but not pathetic. And one of the words that ends with etic, except for pathetic, is the word that I'm looking for here. Um, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm to this day, I'm still nervous when I see cops. And that's mostly because I used to smoke weed in, in high school. I used to drive around sometimes when I was stoned. And, uh, one of the things that made me a libertarian, you just realized, Hey, this apparently friendly government force here, they're not, they're not my friends. These people are not looking out for me. That's the beauty of smoking weed in high school. At least, you know, kids these days, they're not going to get that because it's legal, cool. And apparently, uh, cures cancer and, caught you know prevents all problems from ever happening and will make you a go-getter i mean the way weed has changed in the last 10 years you can smoke this stuff and uh be the most effective person ever in fact all of those problems i was saying about being anxious or or depressed can be solved by the thing that apparently no longer makes you lazy anyways i my mind was open to the fact hey these cops they're not my friend they're not doing me any favors these people are not here to protect me I don't know what they are, but they're an outside imposing force that needs to be feared. And from a very young age, that ruined whatever this illusion of government being here for me was. Um, but I can also look back on my life and uh, I can see I had quite a few little run-ins with the cops where I was pulled over by while stone pulled over after I just came out of a liquor warehouse and had 20 cases of not 20 cases, but I had friends sitting in the back seat with a duffel bag on their stomach with just filled with cases of beer. And I was going down a run one way street and got pulled over and did not have, um, my registration card because I was a dumb high school kid and didn't realize you kept that in the car. Uh, that's just one instant. I've had a lot of run-ins with cops where I probably for dumb weed issues should have been arrested or for like, uh, you know, beer related things when I was a kid should have been arrested. But because I just look like a person that wasn't causing trouble, I got away with it. And to be honest, that's somewhat a white thing, but it's also somewhat that I'm a chubby kid 
that were khakis and like, you know, I, someone once told me I was the most unassuming, crazy person they met. And I, I took that as a compliment and I knew exactly what they were describing. And for a long time, I liked that, you know, some people, they go for the fucking punk rock look for the, they want to, they want people to know they're a badass. So they, they get the, they get the tattoos, they get the pink hair, they get the fucking nose ring. And part of what makes you a badass is because you know that you're saying, Hey, fuck it, cops. I'll take the repercussions of looking this way. <laughs> You take that same guy, you slap him in my wardrobe, all of a sudden the cops aren't going to bother him. Anyways, what I'm getting at is one of the things I was afraid about when I shaved my head was I just realized uh, um, the the free pass was over. Whatever cute vibe I had going for me that I could get pulled over by a cop and I just look like, all right, I'll let this uh, goofy loser, I'll give this goofy loser a break. Like that thing that I had that could totally, completely non-threatening um, with the shaved head look, it's not like, there's something about, I guess, if you're cute, like that, that there's even fucking, I think, statistics on this that, um, you. I mean, what I'm kind of getting at is the real discrimination in this country. Like the real discrimination is, is along the lines of wealth and uh, attractiveness. Those are really the the points of privilege and those are really the things that will uh you know give you a boost in life intelligence is probably up there too but it's not it feels a little bit more earned because then you got to go out and uh and like do things with it but anyways back to what i was trying to say i think i definitely got off on things because i kind of had a cute look and i definitely understood when i shaved my head that if I got pulled over, I had a little, I looked a little bit more nefarious, or I definitely look, had a look where a cop might just take a look at me and go, well, fuck this guy. Um, and so what I'm getting at is I kind of understand, I mean, like dealing with cops suck, and uh, your look will definitely have an impact on whether or not maybe you just kind of get away with something, or whether or not you end up in a lot of trouble. And I even had an incident with a, um, with a friend of mine, a black comic friend of mine, we were going to a bar I like a lot called Formerly Crows. And I remember he was about to meet me at the bar and there were three cops standing on the street and they were just like looking around. So I had to call up my friend and be like, dude, what did you do? No. Um, there were these three cops. They just had like this look on their face, like they were looking for someone. And I actually texted my friend like, dude, maybe just like come to the bar in 10 minutes because I just had this feeling that like they were looking to bust somebody and because my friend is black, he might have a problem. So I can't like having lived that incident where the thought came into my head of, oh, man, I like I don't want my friend to have a problem. Um, I can't pretend like there isn't this thing where black people are more aware of, hey, I've got to be afraid of the cops. Like because I'm saying as a part of my own life, I've lived where I've, I have a black friend. I was like, shit, I better warn him. Uh, I don't remember exactly the way that played out, or maybe he was with me right then. We got when I don't remember the exact, but I just remember that thought being in my head. And so I can't be dismissive of people when they, the black people, basically when they say that there's a tangible thing that they're more afraid of the cops. Like I kind of, I, I understand what they're what they're saying. And then the other part of it that I really just get is, I, I mean, I remember a friend of mine, much older than me, said that when he went, he used to drive down to Florida, and he said, you had to be real careful in the southern states, because if you got pulled over by a cop, and they saw a Jewish last name, like, they were just, they were giving you a hard time. They would just take you to jail if they could. They tried to saddle you up with fines. Fucking New York Jew, southern cop, you're taking some shit. Now, I don't have to deal with that in the Northeast. I just don't. There's no part of me that walks around and goes, oh, fuck, I'm going to deal with someone that's anti-Semitic. But when you get pulled over by a cop, there's definitely an aspect of how much does this guy look like me? Like you can almost just take a look. Like if a guy gets out and he's kind of like got that real militant vibe, you're like, oh, I'm fucked. 
if he gets out and he's around like my age or he's kind of like a, like a schlubby white guy, I'm like, all right, I think I'm fine. If it's like an older black dude and he seems calm, I'm like, all right, I think I'll get off. But if it's like a young, tough, like there's definitely, you can say, Hey, that guy is not like me. And so it's more likely that he's going to be a hard ass and not cut me a break. And so, I mean, you have to look at the numbers on this, but if blacks are a minority in this country, I would assume that the odds of you getting like pulled over or interacting with a cop is that it's not going to be of the same race of you. So I could understand that just by function of the fact that that person is dissimilar to you, there's a concern that, hey, I'm, I'm less likely to get a break here or, I'm, or it's more likely that this guy's going to be a hard ass. So just within that framework, I understand like, you know, where people are coming from. Firstly, fuck the cops, fuck the whole structure. We're already conceding a little bit of the argument here, but I just get where people are coming from where they're like, I feel like specifically my group of people has a problem with the cops. Like I just, I kind of can concede or understand where they're coming from. Now we kind of get into, well, what's going on here with the whole Black Lives Matter thing and the extent of the protesting. And one of the things that makes me nervous is it is it is amazing to me. I don't even watch CNN. I don't know anyone that does watch CNN, but somehow these traditional news outlets are really able to manufacture stories and create narratives. Best example, and I've said this before on the show, but we'll probably come back to it a million times, is what happened with that Kasahogi guy. You got people who are being killed all around the world all the time. Saudi Arabia is fucking, I don't even really understand what the fuck they're doing starving the Yemens, but there's some bad shit going on there, and Saudi Arabia is behind it. No one says anything. All of a sudden, they kill a journalist, and then the journalists report on it, and guess what? People, if they, like... People want to live in a good world and they want just deeds. And that's, by the way, that's the sale of government. It's the government comes along and goes, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of these things. I want to get health care for poor people. Yeah, that sounds moral. That sounds good. They're just lying. That is the sale. The sale, like even in Boiler Room, go watch the movie Boiler Room, which is a great movie. Even in the movie Boiler Room, when the guy's giving his speech to his shitbag salespeople who are just on the phone stealing from people, at one of the sales speeches, he goes, and now we're selling this medical product, and you know what? Nothing's better than if we can make some money while helping people at the same time. Even that guy, and what's a movie about shitty salespeople getting on a phone and stealing, even part of his pitch to his salespeople is, hey, look, we can do something good here. Everyone in the world wants to do good. Everybody. That's part of the sale. That's part of the trickery of, hey, we're doing something good here. And so, so much of like what people are going to get, like people are going to get outraged where they see evil. And so part of it is what is the news report as being evil? And that's what people get outraged about. So the news doesn't really report about Yemen or the Federal Reserve. No one gets outraged about that. They report about this Kasahogi guy. Everyone gets fucking outraged because that's what they do. People people want to live in a good world. They're going to get upset about things that they're going to get upset about. But it's amazing that like the news, so we can see that they can totally just like point to one thing and and create the whole narrative. The only time I ever really saw them got busted was um with that kid when he was standing up uh to the Indian that they were trying to say, hey, look, there's rate like this. This is only the only reason Trump got into office is because racists propped him up and there's so much hidden racists. And now they're starting to feel like, hey, this is a country I can be comfortable again in. And uh, like and here's the ultimate example. You've got this kid and look at the way this kid is treating this uh, this Indian fellow. And it's it's clear that every kid in the country feels this way. And we finally got it on camera 
that this is, and then that one, it turned out that we had the visual evidence that they fabricated it. But the point is, the news is able to manufacture agendas. And at this point, like, I remember, I haven't researched it this time around. I researched it the last time around with the Trayvon Martin. I think the idea that, like, specifically black people are being harmed by the cops because of a racist agenda is not statistically accurate. It, it's more like if the news reported every day on every incident of lightning being struck, we would all go, oh shit, there's more lightning now than ever. I really got to be careful when I'm going outside. It's this human logical fallacy that the more we see something, the more the more we think it's like apparent and true. And it could just be a freak occurrence. Like, I don't know, if you walked outside tomorrow and there was a snail on your step, you probably wouldn't think anything of it. If three days in a row you saw a snail on your steps, you go, oh my God, what the fuck is going on in Stanford, Connecticut that there's snails on my step? Is the is like the ocean flowing in? I don't know where I'm going with the ocean thing. But the point is, it could be some fucking freak occurrence where somehow a snail, like, I don't know, your neighbor got really into collecting snails and he's been walking across your property and dropping it there. I really don't know where I'm going with this fucking snail example, except that I'm saying that things can happen, like... One dude could win the lottery twice and he could think, oh my God, I've got the lucky, I got the lucky hand. I, I, I'm i the guy, like I'll go, but the point is it's just a fucking freak occurrence. So I get it. Like a hundred percent I'm down with, we've got to figure out how cops can't just maliciously kill people and abuse their power. We've got a police abuse of power issue and it's something that we need to address Nobody should have what happened to George Floyd happen to them. It shouldn't exist in this country. It's a complete and total outrage. But... When the news and media service kind of portray it in a certain way, I just start getting suspicious that there's an agenda here. And then you've got this turn of phrase, Black Lives Matter. And for some reason, I don't like it. I don't get why. Like, I'm really trying to figure out, like, am I right for that phrase bothering me? Or is there some sort of racist thing inside of me that I'm not letting black people have their moment and I'm not being sympathetic towards it? And so I've been trying to do some research like on what it is with the Black Lives Matter. And so part of what they've been trying to say, it's not like you can look at it and go, well, why don't I matter? Why isn't it all lives matter? Which apparently is horribly offensive. It is horribly offensive to say all lives matter. And what they're trying to say is when we say Black Lives Matter, we're not saying that you don't matter. That's not what we're saying. That's not what this is about. Like, I even saw there was some little kid that was holding the sign that it's not like we're saying black lives matter. I even saw Jeff Bezos weighed, on it, weighed in on it. It's not that all lives don't matter. We're just trying to focus on the black lives right now. And first question I want to pose is that even the way that English works, like, think about it. If I put up a, like a sign that says white can use the whites can use the park. And people start getting out, right? I'd be like, well, I didn't say black people can use the park. I just said that whites can use it. There, You know what I mean? There's something about a, like a limiting clause. When I go, white people can use the park, well, it sounds like they're saying somebody else can't use it. No, no, no. I was just saying white people. They can use the park. Or imagine if I said this line, black people showering is important. So, like, doesn't that kind of sound racist? Like, am I saying that... Specifically, black people need a shower. Like, do they need a shower more often than whites? Are they more prone to get stinky? You're left with questions. You're like, wait a second. I seem to be making some sort of an implied statement with the limiting terms that I'm using here. And so, in trying to do some research on, like, why it's offensive to say all lives matter, one of the arguments, two of the arguments I came across, one was trying to say that the black lives matter, what they really mean is black lives matter too. 
They're trying to say that they matter as well, which, okay, if that's the way you want to approach it, why not say that? It sounds like you're already conceding that there's an issue with this statement of Black Lives Matter, and so you're trying to pretend like it, it's a different thing, which it isn't. And now I've also seen that they're trying to like switch it to it's that all lives matter. But in order for us to live in a world where all lives matter, black, we need to prove that the black lives matter. If black lives don't matter, then we don't live in a world where all lives matter. So this is kind of the prerequisite course to getting to all lives matter, which also seems to me like they're somewhat conceding the fact that there is a little bit of an issue of, okay, and then here's what the thing that just kind of, you know, gets me a little bit concerned is that there's this angle of, hey, I'm in this group and this is our opportunity to get mine and so everyone needs to support my group and that kind of feels like this socialist thing where it's like, no, no, let's create fair policy. Let's create something that that is that works for everybody. It's not about, hey, I'm in this group and so this is my chance to get mine because that person got theirs that just seems like it's the less dignified approach. And then for two, part of being persuasive is putting things into a framework where people can like agree with you, where you don't feel like you're being forced or bullied into a decision. And some of this feels like someone's trying to stand on top of you kind of thing. Like they're trying to force you into this. So I, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. I agree a hundred percent with these people's cause. And I agree. Oh, I think that might've been racist saying these people, man, I got to stop recording episodes for my car or maybe, well, okay. Now this is the, exactly the problem that is that right now I'm trying to censor myself right now. I'm starting to try and think like, Hey, am I allowed to say this? Am I not allowed to say this? And at the end of the, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a reasonable, good hearted person. And the fact that we live in a culture where like, you can't even question or try and explore or try and be like, is this fair? It's the same thing. Like when they were going with the scientists, Hey, don't question the scientists. How dare you question the scientists? People are going to die if you question the scientists. And then it fucking turned out that the scientists just made up models. It turns out that they've been wrong on all sorts of shit, but you're not allowed to question it. You're not even allowed to like, and then we take this thing and we say that there's systematic racism and it's the number one issue in the entire country. And it's like, well, how much resources are we going to divert to this? How much of the conversation is just going to be about this one issue? And then here, here becomes here. Like this becomes the craziest part about one is that I feel concerned getting behind this group of people because this is the same group of people that are generally on the side of socialism and are certainly not on the side of like are certainly on the side of kind of the um pc culture and kind of the censorship culture and it's like i i can't side with you people like even when you come forward with things that i 100 percent agree with when you start putting it into the terms of like racial identity and you start saying that the absolute biggest problems that we have in the country are systemic rate, like you just start putting it within this framework that falls into like the general PC censorship thing where all of a sudden you're like, man, I got to I got to distance myself from this. And that becomes a shame because it's like I, I, I want the same things here that you do. I want cops not to be able to kill people. It seems pretty fucking reasonable. We didn't have a thing, not a scrap. They don't understand why we ride. We were starving, no one would give us a job. They don't understand all this gold. Once they started succeeding, we had to show them. Vibe I get off these uh, inhabitants of uh, Chup. The kingdom of Chup is uh, a lack of uh, incarceration history. Perhaps even a lack of maybe more than a fist fight in like kindergarten or something. Like and you, you find... 
You find that if a dude's been to prison, they've got better etiquette in them? Like, you can just relate to that guy? I, I, would, I would say generally they, they have the the real, real knowledge of a truck. Generally, if they're perceptive, um, they have the real knowledge of tribalism and the, the threat of uh, violence to uh, act a certain way or not act a certain way, I should say. But this, this gentleman, this uh, guard, <laughs> this guard of CHOP was... Uh, I was, he was drinking a rock star, and I was pointing out that that kind of thing doesn't even do anything for me. And then I'd done lots of, lots of tweak, and I showed him my lack of teeth. I had like one and a half top teeth. <laughs> and uh, that I use these in basic, basically my. Is that, wait, wait, hold on. That's like a crystal meth Rolex. Like that shows people you've been there, you've done it. It's like oh, within. Yeah, put, in the, put in the time, man. It's like I got the t shirt, you know, and I, I did all this meth, and I got all I got was this. Actually, I didn't even get a shirt. I traded the shirt for more meth, you know, and then. You know, but uh, a shout out to my buddy Ricky. Who, like, give me a shout out. Who, who was talking to? He's a he's a uh, nifty uh, uh, skateboarding. I don't know what other ethnicity is, but but he's uh, Ashkenazi, oh, and a, and a ripper. And uh, he's part of our one of our two skate gangs. That I won't even say the name of or a tag or none of that stuff because it's like Fight Club. I've already said too much. Already said too much. You know. So, but uh, yeah, man, um, I, I really dig your show. And, and so this, this guy proceeded to go back and forth, um, back and forth uh, with me and we're bullshitting. And at the end of our conversation about how, oh yeah, he's going to talk to, uh, let's see, the glorious warlord leader that, that keeps us from rival uh, uh, tagging, keeping us safe. I, I know literally nothing of the ruler of Chop whatsoever. I, I have not met him. I know nothing of his rap. Um, I do not please for mumble rap. I'll look him out right now and say it. NFL cartel, bro, not my favorite. I, as soon as I moved to my neighborhood, but while it was still the good old US of A, I've seen Immortal Technique. He is my favorite. I, I don't know if I 100% agree with it, all of his politics, but everything I've, I've right. heard of him, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I mean, uh, I want to. I, uh, I, I want to interject here and give us a little a little direction uh, to the conversation. So, sure, 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 man. Sorry, I get rabbit trail. It's all a crystal mess. But continue, continue. It's all good, sure. man. Uh, so you live in the area just outside of um, what is now Planet Chad, or you're oh, actually no, within? I, I, I'm in I'm in the belly of the beast. Ron Swanson would say, "Brother, I, I can't I can't get doxxed. I'm like uh, super doxxed. I always the guy with the green bomb a uh, bond on top of Twelfth and Pine." So okay, I'm, I'm in the heart of it. <laughs> so you lived there before this went down. And yeah, dude. do you feel honored that your neighborhood was chosen for this unbelievable cause of being a new state? Like, do you feel like you're a part of dude. something? Yeah, okay, the best way, what I keep thinking over and over in, my, in, my, in the falling down hard day that is my new reality. I've never skated this good in my life. But to answer your question, do you re- I'll answer with a question. Do you remember the episode of Simpsons where Bart seized uh, Camp Krusty? Uh, wait, where he seized what? Camp Krusty. He sees Camp Krusty, maybe, but not really. Okay, you know what? I haven't seen it in years, but I vaguely remember it. And he fully sees Camp Krusty. I voiced my uh, discontentment with uh, the general with the goings on once they, uh, once they, uh, you know, with their military might of whining and bitching and kvetching. With their military might, they seized this noble territory. They seized it. And I, I don't know. I'm not at USS Liberty to say all the details of, uh, you know, their, their strategies. But, you know, it's, uh, it, seems, uh, it seems a little fishy. 
it just seems a little fishy with their with their uh, their backers. And I, I could bring myself to go downstairs while Kishawa was saying was showering us in her Kishawa thoughts and words. And I did see a picture of a dude that was yelling, and his intensity in his eyes, I was I was scared. It was it was like he had that lion dragon just anger. It was it was it was very very cult like. So when you say they're backers, so you think that like, you know, someone with some real money and some real agenda has given these people the resources to pull over this takeover and start their own country. Is that what you're trying to get at? To me, to me, it was all uh, like totally totally serious. uh, You prefer Robbie? I'm I'm good with anything. As long as the OB's in there. uh, So I know uh, it's me. Robbie, to be totally, totally honest, I, it feels to me, like it's kind of a honeypotted situation of some sort. And it feels to me like with most wars, it's being funded. Both sides are being funded by probably the same funder raiders. Right. And without speculating too much on who, who that is, I think people are definitely profiting off it. And it has definitely become somewhat of a tourist uh, thing. It kind of almost reminds me of John Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Like Vanity Fair, like it's kind of, it's a, uh, it's it's a trip. And what are it's, what are the tourist activities? You get out there, and I, I don't know. You you join a drum circle. You take some heroin. Like, why are people making this a tourist destination? I I uh, that is a, that is an excellent excellent question. I, I I think the art is yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm fairly critical of art. Uh, shout out to my. My aunt, I have an aunt that's an artist in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and she's really good, and she's a great artist. But, but, uh, but oh, man, the art here, eh, I mean, so-so. There's some good stuff, some not so good. I think I think the idea, people are in love with the idea, and they've been sold, you know, like cultural Marxism and stuff, like, so hard through all the, you know, the, the new religion of political correctness, because, you know, it's like, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jim Goad. Are you familiar with Jim Goad? I feel like I've heard the name, but no. He's a he's a rather controversial fellow, I suppose. He yeah, uh, you really got to check him out. I, I don't I don't want to spoil the the fun. Like everybody, definitely check out Jim Goad. He's uh, he's got a brand new show that I definitely endorse called Beef Squad on Censored TV. Gavin's Gavin's deal. So yeah. All right, so let's go back to chop. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to be to chop. And so the first thing I want to know is you're telling me that these guys they've got endurance. They doesn't matter how many times they've all heard the line "Black Lives Matter." They just they want to chant it on end. It's almost it fuels them. It gives them energy. You think at some Dude, point they'd be it, bored it of saying 100% it? Like a cult. Like I was saying, as far as as far as the reason I brought up Jim Goad is there's a great book called it's a really easy read, 140 pages, The New Church Ladies. How like on that old SNL sketch where like is it with Dana Carvey? Is it Satan? That one, dude. The, the old church ladies were like that. Ever the Satanic Panic? You're probably how old are you, Robbie? I am uh, 31 or 32, something around there. Actually, you're Jesus age, or roughly, or that, that, that guy. Anyway, like that's that's me. I'm I'm uh, 39, or gonna be 39. About to be 39. I was born on the day of the royal wedding at noon, so my mom could watch People's Court with Judge Wapner. But anyway, um, that basically. The, the, it went from it went from having like right wing everybody just just like the the satanic panic of the eighties and, and early nineties and stuff 
did. Now you have like liberalism, and and that's the the Maoist term politically correct. I mean, politically correct is a Maoist term, you know. And we have so much more work to do. And if you look on like like Salim and uh, Dion, the color conservative, they had this one uh, Hispanic gentleman that jumped up on the stage, and he said some really solid, peaceful, unifying things. I was like, oh, that's real nice. He said some real nice, like, oh, that's that's good. I can get behind that. We should all get along, and we're all important. And yeah, right on, cool. That's that's neat. And then the lady got on the stage and was like, basically, he he said all lives matter and stuff. And he might as well said, you know what? Hitler could have done more. He could have killed way more Jews. I'm like, she she basically made it seem like he was just the most hateful, vile. Because it's like it has become like a total. Total, total cult, man. And I, are people, I, I so you, you as being a local resident, you've lived here for a long time, and then these people show up. Uh, well, you're, you're a couple months, like you're, you're in, you're in like three or four months, something like that. You've been here I mean, for a year and full months. I've been in Seattle a couple of years, but yeah. A year and four months, which on crystal meth time is like a lifetime. So you... Oh, you, a day to God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And I'm like the devil of skateboarding and being pale, so that's like that's like six million trillion years, dude. Six Google. If there's anybody who's the heart of the city, it's you, who's connected oh, with this land. I, I love you. I, I love you. And <laughs> if you can, if you can, like black block up hard enough. Like, you gotta, like, sneak in here and put, come over for some cards against humanity. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll bring, we'll bring, we'll bring I, I definitely formally <laughs> invite you to my birthday party. I don't know the exact day, but I will blow it up on the internet. The, okay. The, the Beef Squad Bridge birthday barbecue bash, Luke in Seattle's That sounds fun. Bash. All right, but the bridge. I want to know, so are... Are some of the locals, such as yourself, furious that there's the that you're now forced to live in a new country? Like, oh it, yeah, I, I nobody I, there, there's uh, people on the street too, like and on the bus and stuff. Like, uh, you, you can tell they're they're frustrated, and and we pick up and you you meet a lot of new people talking talking about the frustration. So if anything, that is kind of neat the unifying frustration of it, man. I shit you not. Some, oh, I you not. I ask you. Oh, oh man. Oh dang. What? what how many demerits do I got? Use the F bomb again. <laughs> but no, seriously though. Um, yeah, no. It's like it's. Really, I, I have great conversations at the skate park. On the way to the skate park. Pretty much everything revolves around skating at the skate park. Um, there's nothing that doesn't. Like I mean, right now. I mean, I'm still plopping. This this whole this whole. At no point have I not been dressed like Gigi Allen for this whole interview, or if this is an interview or whatever. All right, yeah. so let's in, try and get let's try and get some actual real information to the loyal listeners of the Run Your Mouth podcast. So, oh, you got it. what do you need now? All right, first thing I want to know is how many people would you say have moved into the area and. Where have they taken up residence? Like, are, where are they shitting? What are they eating? Are they being hostile towards the locals? Oh, like, sure, sure. I, I, uh, I would say it seems to very much fluctuate. The general theme, excuse me, seems to be in the park, in the actual Cal Anderson Park and its perimeter. I've, for instance, seen a uh, fuck the 12s step 12 meeting, um, which... Without messing with anonymity and stuff, uh, I don't want to go to that meeting. But I, I do like like staying sober. But, but uh, yeah, I know people. It fluctuates. There, the uh, 
I ran into a regular bum that I had recognized from before this all happened and became a nation. And uh, and I seen I found some herb on the ground and I tried to give it to the guy that was picking up trash, but he didn't want it, so I gave it to them and talked to them. And they're, they're frustrated too. It really does fluctuate, though. I wish I could give you an accurate number, but um, I went I went to Occupy. And wait, can I ask I you? To- the regular bum was he upset because he's like, hey, this is my territory, and now there's just like seasonal bums in the area. Well, yeah. Yeah, man, and he was on the outskirts. He was on the perimeter. Like normally, he'd be in the park area. Like they normally that's his park. park. And and they're they're chill. I mean, they mind their own so business. The, so these guys are displacing so the local. They gotta get their crystal meth too, man. So you know? the and movement crystal meth doesn't grow on trees. And the that's movement crystal meth does not grow on on trees. That's and and you're also saying that the movement is displacing the local homeless population. I would absolutely. Absolutely. With all their with all their anti colonialization, they sure are colonizing part of it. And is there a lot of meth in this area? Do you think that's part of what's given these people the energy to stay out there and protest? I would I would definitely say so. At the end of my uh, let's let's rewind back to me talking to the head of security or high up security. Right, right. Let's uh, let's go full circle. He, he, uh, he asked me at the end uh, if I had any to, to hook him up. I think I think uh, like like that Austrian painter that was very amphetamine enthusiast that things ended up crumbling, and he was funded by same people I think that are funded probably both sides of this. Just just off the top of my head, that's I I base that off nothing, just just guesses. But it kind of seems it seems a little fishy. But uh, I don't I'm not good with money. I suck at having it, and I'm in, in debt for it. And uh, I suck at not having warrants. I suck at I suck at lots of things, but pretty good at skateboarding though, and talking a lot. Do you have I any? Uh, you got any footage online of you uh, skateboarding? Like, do you try and? I sure do. If you plug go it. on to Collision Curb Club, the like last two of their videos, there's Loop Tweed does laid back air. And you can't ever do that laid back there again because I helped jackhammer out the ramp that I did it on. That's right. Loop Tweed does laid back there. That's me. Let me, uh, and, I'm curious to know what's your skateboarding specialty? Are you good at grinding? Are you good at getting big air? Are you good in the half pipe? Uh, I don't know. Like, what's your uh, jam? Well, when I was, when I was drunk, when I was, uh, my nickname was Drunk Tank. Uh, by, given to me by one of the, uh, I, not to, not to throw him under the bus. But one of the one of the creators of uh, of uh, bum fights, my one of my friends that filmed some of that, uh, my buddy Brian, he gave me. I was already wasted as fuck. It was like ten o'clock in the morning. I had already spent all the money to get back with my little. But shout out to the hyenas skate crew and the hot boys crew. Oh, settling his elbow. But no, I had already spent. That was before we started those cruise. But I already spent all the money on booze and had to like get my mom or dad or somebody to wire more money. So I was wasting. He's like, "Oh, I got loops for the drunk tank." But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, my, my, my specialty that back then blackout to board loss. But now I actually came up with a trick, and I gotta, I gotta remember to re, redo it and get somebody to film this. But it's really ridiculous. It's a dork trick and a half. It's actually a few tricks thrown together. Cam plant to revert and then you pivot around to manual to shove it out and I call it a ranch dressing I've only had a handful of them but it's, it's like it's based off of the video game like combos you know to keep the points going yeah oh, I like I'm the not, name of it I, I, weird, I don't I, I got a weird I, I have a weird style of skating I, I really like anti-hero okay Those guys are really sick 
like anti-heroes and all that, that's like one of the sickest truths. Our life. It's all about our life. Those guys are way sick. And uh, right, right here in Seattle, it's uh, black market skates are awesome. 35th. Uh, I'm going to just guess. I guess they support Black Lives Matter, but, but whatever. They're, they're, they're a good place to buy stuff. Too, so. I'm going to guess without knowing much about your skateboarding style, but like if you watch Jackie Chan and he's doing like the drunken boxing, I bet you got that thing going where it looks like, hey, this guy's not going to really know what he's doing or be able to rock anything cool. And then you just do some flashy shit. Yeah, it's, it's all about the kung fu, man. You gotta have that ninja, ninja style. I've, since I was a little kid, I've been like hella into ninjas and Vikings. I mean, I'm I'm like super proud of my Norris heritage. All right, I got an idea for you. I got an idea for you. Maybe this trick. You ready? You get into like a half pipe, or maybe not even a half pipe, but like like okay. one of those like uh, pool things where you can get like a lot of air, and you go yeah, up yeah. and you get a shit ton of air, and you pull the last tooth you have out of the top of your mouth, and then you hold it up like a trophy while you land. I love it, dude. I fucking love it, dude. I got. You know what's really funny, uh, Robbie is uh, is uh, since since I fully entered this, uh, not truly not being scared to die, truly groundhog the the part in Groundhog's Day where he stops giving shit and he's just killing himself all different ways. At the top of hills, instead, of, and the motto that I kind of borrowed part from Gigi Allen for the hyenas: "We're not sad, sorry, or scared." Nah. Sad, sorry, scared, but also push where others would think about, you know, speed checking. Push where others would toe drag. Like, if I push at the top of the hill, I catch up to cars or stay way ahead of cars on some of these Seattle hills because they're way steep. And I was thinking about it. I get going about 40 miles an hour on this one down Union, down Union, from the bud shop down to, down to the, the grocery outlet on MLK. Like, yeah, I stay way ahead of the cars. And that's about how fast you get going on that freaking mega ramp, the one that Tony Hawk and Actually, Danny Way used one of those to jump the Great Wall of China, if you'll remember. Hey, dude, are you familiar with that skateboarder Wrecking Ball? I'm telling, like, dude, I, 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 uh, I'm not a skateboarder. I have, like, a okay. longboard. Out there. What? Sorry to cut you off. I like asked you a question and immediately cut cut you off. I'm that was I'm a fuck effing dick. What a jerk I am. Anyway, um, if if anybody out there knows what, I'm put, like he's been trying to call out uh, Brandon Beeble or something, uh, skateboard like bodybuilders, concrete ramp builder guy. Like been trying to call him out for an MMA fight. I want to MMA fight wrecking ball for charity, like for a skate, like autism skate, like it's for for skateboarding, like for autistic kids. Like, I want to do, like, a charity bout with Wrecking Ball. Maybe, like, this year, maybe, like, next year. But I definitely want to do it because... Are you, uh, are you, like, Iggy Pop kind of drug guy where you're just, like, totally fucking ripped and got unbelievable body? I am, I am a a, a poo-kicking redneck and I like to run free to heck with the ADL and the SPLC. I, I don't know if I followed you on that one. Oh, it was it was it was a cryptic piece. It was like Doctor Zeus, but dumber. All right, so before I get you go, I want some tangible information about Planet Chad. Planet Chaz that you're not a part of. Hold on one second. I got to close my window. Yeah, no worries. No problem. No problem. I, dude, yeah. I, I just got to say, I've been having a great time, and uh, anytime you want me uh, on again, if you do, um, I'm down. I appreciate uh, yeah, that. And, and for any sketches or anything like that, I, I'm a fish and I've been in several places. But can you get, like, what, what's the last thing you want to know? 
No, I was just, that's the sound of uh, New York City being taken over by biker gangs. That's what you were hearing. I, I just I'm back in Astoria for the first time in oh, four months, and that's my fam right there. Shelms like Biker Tastic. That's your run stuff at Biker Club there. But uh, you're, you're, are you wondering now? Okay, so you live in this area and you've lived there forever. Suddenly, people just proclaim it as their own. They hit. Yeah. They they move the local bums out of the park. They're taking right. crystal meth. They're chanting through the night. They they don't give up on their chants. They really think that if they chant this yeah, over yeah. and over, like you know, everyone's gonna wake up with a pile of gold. It's like a wizard told them, "Hey, this is the formula. You just have to be out there all night chanting this one line, and if you keep all chanting right. this, the world's problems are gonna end." So, what are yeah. some of like if you wanted to give the inside story of, hey? This is why these people aren't angels, or here's some of the fucked up shit that they're doing to my neighborhood. What would you say those things are? Well, I would say uh, I would say uh, mob mentality and the freaking Lord of the Flies run by cards is probably not sustainable. Because I went having one skateboarder that knows my take on things, having him tell me that this one schizophrenic skater that came up to me is like, "Hey, sorry about last time, man." Da, da, da. Well, I guess he wrote something that they found offensive. He's schizophrenic, you know. And, and me being uh, bipolar, schizo, or whatever, whatever. Um, like I feel for the guy, and I, and I don't judge anybody, and, and I have a soft spot for mentally different people. And this skater that I knew came up to me after me talking to the guys, like, "Hey, dude, don't be hanging out with that guy." They made it sound like that guy's gonna get like whacked or some kind of thing. And it was kind of reminding me of this one time where I was talking to this one buddy that's um, while I am annoyed by his like MAGA esque uh, stuff sometimes. This guy had a video premiere for a skate video, and was basically trying to like pitch me crap for having hung out with uh, somebody he didn't like. And I, I really dislike that. I think that if we have this mob mentality in echo chambers, we're never going to come to any agreements on anything important. And so it's like how dare... And I told him that. I'm like, hey, I, I watched the footage of that schizophrenic man in Portland getting beat to death by the cops. I stomached that and I watched it. I'm not going to watch anybody beat a mentally different, mentally ill person to death. I got a pitchfork and I keep it in my waistband and I skate around with it. <laughs> I've been incarcerated. I act like I'm incarcerated now because I pretty much am and I'm under siege. I'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. I don't give a crap. Without weapons, whatever. I, well, but, I mean, uh, that, I, I believe me. it. As far as this- let me this pitchfork you have like a full-size pitchfork or is it like one of those okay, batons that it like stretches out story a really great fast story I'm, i don't want to i don't want to keep you verbally hostage but really great story and when it was when it was four o'clock in the morning they've been they've been barking they've been oh, chanting all night and so i take my pitchfork and my pair of shoes that i'm looking at right here my pair of adidas that my my wonderful uh, girlfriend had had got me for my birthday a year before last I had poured concrete and they had a bunch of concrete dust on it. So I'm like, ah, multitask. So I kicked them out and I'm bashing them. And I really, I'm like, what the hell's going on out there? And there, this is when they first seized uh, Chad or Chop or whatever. That allegedly, there were some dudes that were trying to break into the cop shop and burn it down. And so I'm, I'm yelling and, and freaking out. And I told them, and, and I'm in the middle of my rant, I'm like, and it's going down, is it funny? And, uh, no, and, and that was one of the things that one of my grievances. And I told them that uh, I came to finish what Gigi Allen started, like Kurt Cobain finished what the, the Beatles started. So, you know, now I got another rating and suspense, you know, will be, maybe be killing me. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, but, I know you're living in hostile territory. And so I'm happy that we were able to give you an outlet where you could kind of vent and 
Let us know. You know, like these are obviously the musings of a person who's living in a hostile situation and lives with the intensity of that his area is being taken over by, you know, random pretty white kids. Or I I don't really know who's there, the foot soldiers on the ground. I would say they're they're, 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 they're ethnically, uh, ethnically, uh, uh, fairly pale. I've been saying pale lately because it seems that people get less chilly over saying pale. Right, <laughs> but I have mad tail. Uh, I'm I'm trying to be as uh, powerful in my paleness and uh, not intimidated. And I'm definitely not sorry. That's right. That's there you go. Sure. All right, and, and I recommend I recommend uh, yeah, Jingo.net. Check out uh, Sensor.tv and uh, Redice.tv. Those are those hey, are ones that I, I endorse. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, when I finally you live in um, when I make it out your way, I want uh, I want a skateboarding lesson. I said, when I make it out your way, I want a skateboarding lesson. Dude, I will give you as many skateboarding lessons as as you want. You're a cool guy. You're real funny. Keep doing what you're doing. You rock. Stay safe and have, have fun, all right? All right. You the man. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Hey, you the man. Luke in Seattle, out. Talk to you later, bro. Cheers. Peace. Peace.